0: So we're in the middle of an adventure talking to you about uh, how to operate uh, in faith like a tool. Say, my faith, is like a tool. my faith is like a tool. And that means it actually accomplishes something. And the goal is to make this uh, so simple that all of us can grab onto it and run with the principles. And uh, walking by faith, say we walk by faith and not by sight. It involves actually hearing God on a matter and then it, and it pertains to believing God on that matter. And then third, it involves actually speaking what God said about that matter. And then in the future Sunday, we'll get to the actual doing what God said about that matter. Say so faith, faith without works, faith without works. Is, dead. is dead. In fact, the Bible talks about the description of, of no faith all the way to perfect faith. And perfected faith is faith that is believed enough that you act on it. So it's a wonderful study, a wonderful lesson. But tonight I want to spend more time talking to you about becoming precise with your words. In other words, the third element here in walking by faith. We hear God, we believe what He said, and then we say what God said. Now write this down, the word confess. Now that word confess, all it means is to say the same thing that God says about something. You and I, aren't. we don't have to make this up, amen. All we have to do is find out what God said and then agree with Him. Amen. All error and destruction that's ever happened in this, in this planet and in our own lives has come because we deviated from that principle of saying the same thing that God said. Uh, God said, you know, uh, this particular fruit in the garden, you're not supposed to eat it. So what do they do? They ate it. And we oftentimes say, well, if I was here, I wouldn't have done that. Yes, you would, you little <laughs> rascal. You would have done the same thing and put us in the same position. <laughs> Uh, but any deviation from agreeing with God, that's where we get into trouble. Now, religion will focus on that. Yes. You deviated, shame on you, be condemned, be full of defeat, be destroyed all the days of your life, and maybe one day you'll squeak in and go to heaven. That's not what we focus on. No. We don't focus on the times we did not agree with God. We learn how to what? Focus on, on agreeing with God so we can have His best in this life. Now, many of you have experienced things uh, because of the actions of others and also the choices that you have made. But the good news today is you can choose to agree with God in every aspect of your life. And that means we've got to hear and we've got to believe, but then we have to say. So I want to spend just a little bit of time talking to you about one of my favorite books of the Bible in Proverbs. The last time I counted, I counted over 82 references in Proverbs alone to the mouth, to the lips, to the tongue. Now, let me say that again. How many understand that's a lot of references? Apparently, the mouth is a big deal. Now, I'll say this. Solomon, and of course, he's he's credited with being carried by the Holy Spirit and writing most of this, he didn't write all of it, But he had great revelation about the lips and the mouth and the tongue. He didn't have so much great revelation about how many women he should have, but he had great revelation about the tongue. Um, (laughs) Just goes to show you that everybody's a work in progress. Amen? Um, (laughs) Maybe all those ladies around, maybe that's where he learned about the mouth, the tongue, and the lips. Moving right along. Amen. (laughs) Now I have your attention. And Bert's back there waving her finger at me. Um, So I'm just going to move right along. Amen. Praise the Lord. (laughs) We'll ask you when we all get to heaven. What was the inspiration for your revelation on the mouth and the tongue? (laughs) And Jackie's laughing over here. Amen. Proverbs 4.23 Listen to this, and I'm encouraging them to go through this pretty quickly just as a foundation tonight because there's a lot of ground to cover. But write these scriptures down, and then you go back, and they'll all be in order. And you go back, and you kind of meditate on them. But uh, Proverbs 4, 23, Put away perversity from your mouth, keep corrupt talk far from your lips. I want to just encourage you with this truth. Perverse speech is speech that does not line up with the Word of God. When we hear this, we think about cussing you know, and telling off-color stories, whatever the case may be. But perversity of speech is speech that is inconsistent with the Word of God. You'll see this refrain all the way through a scripture. You put it away. Who's supposed to put it away? Which means you and I need to stop saying things that contradict His Word. And not treating this as a light thing. Oh hee-haw, you know what I meant. We talked about that Sunday. Uh, if you put a password in and it's not exact, what happens? You don't get into the account. You're saying to yourself, yeah, but that account, I don't know what I mean. No, the spirit realm is the same way. It doesn't know what you mean. It only knows what you say. And so what you have to do is make up your mind to put away perversity. And listen, now none of us have arrived at this, but at least we have some understanding, some revelation on this. There's an entire group of Christians out there by the millions who have zero to to little understanding about this concept. And so their lives are far from what they could be. Proverbs 6.2, if you've been ensnared by what you said, ensnared by the words of your mouth, How are we trapped? How are we ensnared? We're snared and trapped by what we say. Now, the good news is that we can get out, can't we, church? (laughs) Proverbs 6, 16 and 17. There are six things that the Lord hates, seven that are detestable to Him. I'm not going to go through the whole list, but notice this. A lying tongue is one of them, a false witness is one of them, and a man who stirs up dissension among brothers. Three of the seven are emphatically the misuse of the mouth. That God what? So much for thinking the mouth's not a big deal. There are seven things that he hates. Three of those emphatically talk about the misuse of the mouth. When you think about it that way, you and I have not taken this thing nearly serious enough. What we say is a big deal to God. You say, why? Because when you open up your mouth, your heart falls out. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Whatever the condition of the heart, when the mouth opens up, guess what happens? It falls out. Now, how many know this is true? And how many sometimes when it fell out, you didn't like the way it looked? Can I have a better amen than that? There was. And all of it's glory or what? All of it's gory. It's, it is what it is. Well, this is what the Word teaches that you and I need to take this very, very seriously. Again, I said over 82 references to the mouth, lips, and tongue in Proverbs alone. That's pretty serious. Proverbs 10, verse 11, The mouth of the righteous is a fountain of life, but violence overwhelms the mouth of the wicked. Faith people are supposed to speak life. We're supposed to be a source of life everywhere we go. Uh, sometimes you can get around people, and you know, you're you totally discouraged by the time you leave them. How you know We're supposed to be encouraging to people that come across us. Tell them what God can do, what God will do. Yes. That God loves them, God is for them, God's not against them. Tell them that God is good. He's not their problem, He's their solution. We should be a fountain of life. Amen. Proverbs ten eleven: the mouth of the righteous is a fountain of life, but violence overwhelms the mouth of the wicked. Proverbs 10, 19, when words are many, sin is not absent. <laughs> yeah. In other words, the more you talk, the more likely you are to sin. There's a remedy for that. It's $1.69 at the dollar store. It's called duct tape, anointed duct tape. Just slap it across there if you need to. But he who holds his tongue is wise. Now, in the day of social media, Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and everything else, uh, everybody thinks that because they they have an opinion, they should share it. Look at somebody and tell them, I have a revelation for you. Just because you have an opinion. Doesn't mean you need to share it. (laughs) Why? Because when words are many, transgression or sin is not far behind or absent. Proverbs 10.21, the lips of the righteous nourish many, but fools die for lack of judgment. Let's remind ourselves what a righteous person is. The just shall or the righteous person shall live by... Faith. And that's why when you hear this scripture, you often hear men and women of God tell you that faith words nourish. That's what we should be doing with our mouth, nourishing people. Are people nourished in your presence or are they depressed in your presence? Are they nourished when you get around them? Or are they somehow confused when they leave? You know, are they excited about the things of God? Or somehow you know, their, their walk with God, their expectation is diminished because they've been around your mouth. Say it with me. Faith words, Faith nourish. words. Nourish. nourish. Say it one more time with all your heart. Faith words, Faith nourish. words. Nourish. nourish. Now you can really uh, do a lot with analyzing your own mouth by just that one simple statement. Did what I just say nourish? Hmm? Did what I just say nourish? If not, then I'm not lining up with what a faith person would be, what a righteous person would be. Now, I'm not saying you don't have to deal with things. You do have to deal with things. And I'm not saying that you somehow live in a little bubble and you're not an emotional creature. You are. But listen, you're not supposed to be running from your emotional center. You're supposed to be running from your spiritual center. And we'll get into that when we get into James, hopefully tonight but you and I need to realize the responsibility to, to monitor is with you and me and ask yourself a question. Um, did that nourish? Mm. Or did it suck life from them? Amen. Amen. Yes. I told you these are good, aren't they, church? Yes. Proverbs twelve thirteen: An evil man is trapped by his sinful talk, but a righteous man escapes trouble. Same principle as Proverbs 6, but with this added a caveat and dimension. A righteous man does what? Escapes trouble. Listen, an evil man is trapped by his confession, but a righteous man escapes by his confession. A righteous man escapes by the words of his mouth. An evil man is trapped by the things that he says. So if you have been ensnared, how can you get out? You get out the same way you got in Look at somebody and say, you got in with your mouth. Yes. <laughs> Tell them, you got in this with your mouth. Yes. You can get out of it with your mouth. Yes. Uh-huh. I can see, see already, this is like taking a cheese grater to us tonight. <laughs> but that's okay, it's good, isn't it? Amen? Amen? Look at somebody and say, we need this. We need this. And by we, I mean you. <laughs> Evil man's trapped by a sinful thought, but a righteous man will escape trouble how by the words of his mouth. Proverbs twelve fourteen From the fruit of his lips a man is filled with good things, as surely as the work of his hands rewards him. In other words, the Bible says here that your words will work for you just like the work of your hands. You can build things with your hands, you can tear them down. You can accomplish great things with your hands or you can do nothing with them. Your mouth actually is a constructive agent in your life. In fact, God's example for you and for me is words or our mouth are a creative agent. The entire universe was created with the words of his mouth. Hebrews 11, by faith we understand that the world was actually framed by what he said. What we don't like hearing sometimes, but I'm telling you, we need to hear this more and more. You and I, listen to me carefully, you and I cannot be people that back off of these things right now. This world needs who we are right now to believe that we have been given this delegated authority with our mouth to make a difference. Say it with me, I have have. delegated authority from heaven. And so whatever world you're walking in right now, whatever your life is like, you don't realize this, but it's been created over the time with words. Yes. And if you don't like the world that you're in, start putting some pressure on it to change it. If you want to see change in America, don't say what is, say what you want it to be. I'm amazed how many faith people going down the same path as everybody else. You know, dogging the country and how negative it is. The best years are behind us and will never be great again. Listen, it's not it's not a message or a messenger or a red hat that makes America great. It's the Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth that makes America great. And He did do it before. He can do it again. But God help us if the people who have revelation on the mouth are using their mouth for the opposite. Come on and say it. America's best days. Are in front of her. God still has a plan. Yes, he does. Amen. But well, watch this. You're actually filling your life with good things, based on what you're saying. In other words, you get to eat what you speak. If you don't like what's on the dining table, change the things you're saying. Um. Proverbs 12, 14. Proverbs 12, 18. Reckless words pierce like a sword. Why is that there? It tells you that words are like weapons. But watch this. But the tongue of the wise brings healing. We're we're righteous people, amen? Amen. We're faith people. We're not supposed to be destroying with our words. We're supposed to be bringing healing with our words. Proverbs 13, 3, He who guards his lips guards his life, but he who speaks rashly will come to ruin. Whose responsibility is it to guard their lips? Come on, say it, it's my responsibility. You know, oftentimes people think about Moses putting up with these, these people. All those years. And uh, there comes a time in Meribah where he just, he gets tired of it. And he takes that staff and what does he do? He hits that rock. And most people who have not studied this out assume that's what caused him to lose his place in seeing the promised land. But Psalm 106 tells us the key to actually what happened In verse 32, verse 33, it says, By the waters of Meribah they angered the Lord, and trouble came to Moses because of them, for they rebelled against the Spirit of God, and rash words came from Moses' lips. Moses' mouth kept him out of the promised land. Mm -hmm. Let me say it again. Moses' mouth kept him out of the promised land, and your mouth will keep you out of the promised land too. Or it can advance you into what God has for you. He spoke rashly. You know, you look at that and you think of what he put up with, and all of a sudden, you know, he just has this little fit. Uh, The further you go in the things of God, listen to me carefully, the further you go in the things of God, the less license there is for fits. You expect God to deal with you the same way when you were a baby Christian, that's not going to happen. The, the more influence you have, the bigger platform you have, the longer you've been walking with God, the greater the expectation He's going to have that you be spirit-ruled and not emotion-ruled. Right. Right. He gave Himself permission to do something as a leader He just shouldn't have done. And uh, in your life, you want to make sure, if, uh, if you're going to grab onto this, say it with me, I'm going to hear, I'm going to believe, I'm going to say what God says God. about a matter you're going to have to learn to make sure that you're being ruled by the spirit man and not by your emotional center. Amen. Um, he spoke rashly. And after leading all this time, he doesn't even get to be the one to lead them in. Well, he went to someplace even better. Amen. 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 And that's the place you really don't want to miss with your mouth. That's right. I mean, think about this church for a moment. Uh, We've, we've read this. We talked about it again Sunday. We believe in our heart God raised Jesus from the dead and we say with our mouth Jesus is Lord and confession is Amen. made unto salvation. You actually get into heaven because of the words of your mouth. That's, it. True. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's a wonderful place right there to just pause and reflect and get revelation. You're going to heaven because of his atoning work. But you personally are entering heaven because of what you believed and because of what you said. Now, if you can get into heaven because of your mouth, you can bring some heaven to earth with your mouth. We already know we can bring hell to earth with our mouth. Raise your hand if you have seen or brought some hell to this earth with your mouth. We know that works. But how about bringing some heaven? Amen. Amen. Your entire future was transformed by the words of your mouth. That's what Proverbs is trying to tell us. The mouth is powerful. The mouth is anointed. The mouth is God's delegated authority in the life of a believer to conduct business, to reign in righteousness in every situation. There's so much here. But I just want you to tie this to the the concept of the faith tool. You believe what God said. You, you then say what God said. And when you have alignment going on, you begin to see a whole lot more manifestation of what God has for you. You see a whole lot of wonderful things manifesting here. Um, the Bible talks about in Deuteronomy, days of heaven on the earth. How I many of you know that's a good idea to have some days of heaven on the earth? Well, we never have days of heaven in heaven. Yeah. Amen. But we do that and we create that environment for this with the things that we say. He who guards his lips guards his life. But he who speaks rashly will come to ruin. Say it with me. It's my job, it's my job to, guard my to guard my mouth. Proverbs 15, two, The tongue of the wise commends knowledge, but the mouth of the fool gushes folly. Proverbs 15, 4. The tongue that brings healing is a tree of life, but a deceitful tongue crushes the spirit. We're not supposed to be going around crushing people's spirits. We're supposed to be doing what? bringing life and healing and restoration to that. Proverbs 16, 24, along the same vein here, pleasant words are a honeycomb, sweet to the soul and healing to the bones. What does this tell us? It tells us that the words of our mouth, when they line up with God's word, they affect us mentally, emotionally, and physically. They bring mental, emotional, and physical health. That's the power of the spoken word of God. This is not a matter of whether it's true or not. It's a matter of whether we believe it or not. It's, it's true whether we believe or not, but if we're going to affect change in us and other people, we're going to have to believe what God says about His own work. Yes. And the reality is, He wants to bring mental and physical and emotional health from the words that we actually say. Again, in Proverbs uh, 18, 6 and 7, a fool's lips bring him strife, and his mouth invites a beating. A fool's mouth is his undoing, and his lips are a snare to his own soul. <laughs> Can you see the the connection here between going down a path that is is really described as self-destruction and the things that people say? I mean, um, it can be as simple as somebody who goes on a new job and he doesn't last three days because he has to do what? He has to shoot his mouth off at whoever the supervisor is. He can't get along with anybody. He can't cooperate with anybody. And It's a pattern that follows that person and they don't seem to be able to, to improve or grow and develop in this area. God wants you to use your mouth that will cause promotion in your life, yes. not destruction in your life. Again, Proverbs eighteen twenty: "From the fruit of his mouth, a man's stomach is filled; with the harvest from his lips, he is satisfied." Come on, shout this out! I get to eat, I get to eat, whatever, eat. I whatever, I whatever I speak. And if you don't like your diet, change your words. Amen. I mean, you're the one setting the table. You're the one that's filling the refrigerator. Put <laughs> all this nasty food in my refrigerator. <laughs> hmm Proverbs eighteen twenty one. This is one that everyone here has heard in this church probably a thousand times. The tongue uh-huh. has the power of life and death and those who love it will eat its fruit. The fruit of what? The fruit of the power producing life. If you love it, if you apply it, if you walk in this, you're going to get to eat the fruit of words that actually bring life. Now, this is where we get the teaching from that your, your mouth is the seat of your authority as a believer. Amen. Your mouth is the seat of your authority as a believer. In other words, God has delegated his authority to a believer and the agency of that authority is the mouth. And yet we sit here today in 2022 and you have Christians that will still say, well, it doesn't take all that. I don't believe all that. You know, God is sovereign. Jesus is Lord. And I'm just subject to whatever happens. Case sera, sirrah You know, whatever it will be, will be. Life is like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. No, let me tell you about the truth about Forrest Gump and theology. With your mouth, you fill the box of chocolates.
1: Yes. Yes. Yeah. Amen. Yes,
0: yes, yes. That scripture we act like life is like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. No. You know what I'm talking about. Valentine's Day or Christmas time, you go into the box, huh? And lo and behold, somebody is eating all the good ones. And that's not even the worst part. They bit into some of them, put some of them back. I always liked the little caramels, you know, and chocolate. I don't like that other nasty stuff. So guilty as charged. Amen. (laughs) But religion says life is like a box of chocolate. You never know what you're going to get. Just open up the box, and that's the way it is. K. Okay, Sarah, Sarah, whatever it will be, will be. I am not going to live my life by the doctrine of Doris Day and Forrest Gump. I am just not going to do it. No, I mean. that's good. And if you're under 60, you go, Who's Doris Day? <laughs> look it up. <laughs> just don't have time, just look it up. Or watch TV Land or something like that, whatever you want to do. <laughs> but you literally fill the box up. I just don't know if I believe. That's the problem. Yeah, there you go. Yep. I mean, forget about using your faith as a tool when you won't even believe what God says about the tool. Yeah. Turn to somebody and tell them, we get to fill the box, fill the box with the words of our mouth. The amen. Our mouth. There's some forgiveness. There's some righteousness. There's some healing. There's some deliverance. Amen. There's some guidance, there's some direction, there's some answer to prayer, there's some miracles, there's some signs, there's some wonders, there's some gifts of the Spirit, amen? amen. Wonderful things in that box. We're just supposed to think about these things differently. The mind should be renewed with what God says about these things. Mm-hmm. And the tongue has the power. It does. Say it, my tongue, my has, tongue the has the power of life, of life and death. Now, you can dismiss that, but it's still true. And you say, well, I don't believe that I can bring life with my mouth. Uh, It's still going to work for you either way. If you get into a little place where you don't care, you're not careful what you're saying, you're not diligent about the words of your mouth, you're still making, you're still proving this true by producing death and you don't even realize it. Because if you're not producing life, what are you producing? Amen. Say it with me, I have have delegated delegated power and authority from Almighty God, in my mouth, for life and for death. And I'm not just talking about category, whatever category you're talking about. We know that uh, you know, we can break people's spirits with our mouth and we can encourage them. We can cause them to jump off a cliff and we can cause them to jump away you know, from, that, from that edge of that cliff. We know that's true. But there's so many applications of this. And the key is just to go to God with the scripture. Lord, what do you mean by this? You know, show me personally what this means for my life. How can I be, you know, one who produces more life and not be producing all this debt? Proverbs 21:21. 21, 21, again, he who guards his mouth and his tongue keeps himself from calamity. Did you know that your mouth used correctly can keep you out of calamity? Proverbs 25, 11, a word aptly spoken is like apples of gold in settings of silver. Just one more scripture as a foundation. How do you see in a pattern here? Mm-hmm. Let every word by st- be established by two or three witnesses. How about 25, 26 witnesses? Yeah. Proverbs 35 and 6, every word of God is flawless. He is a shield to those who take refuge in Him. Mm-hmm. Why are those words combined? Because he's talking about you are taking refuge in him and he and his word are one. Do not add to his words or he will rebuke you and prove you wrong. In other words, stick to the word. You know, if he says something like by his stripes you were healed and you add to it by saying something like this, you never know what God's going to do. You just violated that scripture. Uh You put qualifiers on scriptures that don't have qualifiers, then you are adding to what he said. Jesus got real strong about this. What happens if you add to His Word according to Revelation? You get all that wonderful stuff that's talked about in Revelation. But what if you uh, detract from His Word? You lose the part of the blessing that would be yours by sticking to the Word of God. It does matter. Uh, Love our Mormon friends and hope they all have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, but there's no greater abomination than for them to claim there's another testament of Jesus Christ in direct contradiction to what Jesus said in the end of Revelation. I'm going to stick with Jesus. Turn to somebody and tell them, I'm going to stick with Jesus. Said, I'm going to stick to the Word of God.
1: I'll stick to the Word
0: of God. Do not add to His words that He will rebuke you and prove you wrong. So, I just wanted to do this because, uh, and and, uh, I thought going through all 82, 83 of them would take most of the night. So, um, but they're there. (laughs) And they all tell us the same thing. There's something to this. The mouth is very, very important in the believer's life. So how do you cultivate precision in your words? Remember, precision means the quality or condition or or fact of being exact and accurate. Say exact Exact. and accurate. Say again, exact exact and accurate. And what do we mean by that? We mean exact and accurate to accurately and exactly reflect what God is saying. In other words, we don't go around saying what we think or saying what we feel. Amen. Yeah. How many times have you started a sentence by this? I feel. And then dot, dot, dot. You expressed your feelings. There's some value to that in certain contexts. Or... You started it with, I think. The Bible says, let the wicked man forsake his thoughts. What matters is you and I lining up exactly and precisely and accurately with what did God say. Now, here's the key for you tonight. And take this, you know, to heart and meditate on this. To the extent that your mouth is an accurate reflection of the Word of God, to that extent, you'll walk in the best life possible on this earth. That's good. You must understand that that is a responsibility of every believer to make sure that their mouth is lining up accurately with what God said. And how I many you know He'll talk to you if you let Him? Now, a lot of Christians at this point, they just, they just check out thinking, "Ah, oh, that's, that's just bondage. That's no, what bondage and legalism is, is the destruction you get because you ignore what God said about the power of the mouth and the tongue. And I mean, you had enough of that. And my brother-in-law Ben Priest was an outlaw biker. He was an enforcer, for one of the most vicious uh, biker gangs anywhere in the world. And um, you know, he the day he got saved, he he took enough heroin to kill a horse. And he had a brother and a mother praying for him. And um, he uh, he found his way at the invitation of one of his relatives at Lakewood Church, and. Here he is. I mean, he is 300 something pounds, six foot four, six foot five, you know, beard down to here, gruff. I mean, just dirty, just just absolutely the part. Just the, the biggest stereotype you could think in your mind about an outlaw biker. And guess what they do? They'll bring him all the way down to the very front of the church and set him in the front seat. And he listened very politely, you know, whatever he'd left. And he came back that night. I mean, he's still high. He should have been dead by now from the from the dosage that he took. He's still alive. And he walks out on the sidewalk of Dockle Road, which was the, the original Lakewood Church location. They're in the compact center now in Houston. And he's basically said, if what they said about you is real, Jesus, then come to me and do something with my life. And his testimony, the Lord literally appeared to him, saved him on the spot, baptized him in the Holy Ghost. And not only did he not die, the Lord healed supernaturally his liver and his kidneys Amen. for the glory of God. Out of that came a ministry to, to international bikers as well as, you know, bikers here in the country. And I remember when he came here years ago, when I was still in college, we were doing a service for the youth, and he came down to speak. And he said these words, he said, you know what, all my life I've had bad things. All my life i put up with one defeat after another. His dad had walked out on the family and all these things he'd been involved in. And if you knew what he had done, you would say to yourself, how can a man like that even be free, let alone out there doing what he's doing. Well, the favor of God, amen, the mission of God. But what he said, I don't want any more bad things. I just want the good things of God from now on. Uh, It just really stuck with me all these, about 1984, 85, something like that. It stuck with me to this day. And you and I can have the good things if we'll learn these principles. It does you're going to live in a vacuum and the devil's not going to come to steal, kill, and destroy, and you're going to have to stand there and not fight. No, you're going to have to fight. You're going to have to believe God like everybody else. Yeah. But faith is a tool will give you the victory every Amen. single time. Amen. Come on, shout it out. Faith, faith is, is the, victory. the victory. But the key to having the, the best life that God has for you, the key to that is precision in your mouth. And God says, talking about, you know, yeah, you know, watch your words. We're talking about now precision with your words. If God says this, I'm going to line up with this. If God says this, and I'm not going to hold to my own thinking or my own words, I'm going to throw down my words and take up what did God say. Look at somebody and say precision. precision. In other words, we do what the, what the apostle said. We believe and therefore speak. We stop feeling and therefore speaking. Which is where most of the body of Christ is at. Say it with me I believe and therefore speak. I do not feel and therefore speak. Most of the time, that's exactly what we do. I think, I feel, and here it comes. What you have to do is learn to pause and say, okay, I think, I feel. Uh, Is that precision? Well, I feel like God's never going to come. Is that precision? No. Well, I think I might never ever get healed. Is that precision? God didn't care about my finances. Is that precision? No. You're going to have to learn to be precise with the words of your mouth, and no one's going to do it for you. Amen. Amen. Look at somebody's and smile and say, tough. No one's going to do it for you. <laughs> no one. So let's talk about how to cultivate um, precision in your words. I want you to start with me over in uh, James chapter 3. And I write this down. Number one, understand the nature of the tongue. Solomon had revelation about the mouth. I believe James, the half brother of Jesus, also had great revelation about the mouth, about the tongue. And let's just start there tonight. Look at somebody and tell them, you're the one that fills the box with chocolates. You're the
1: one that fills the box of chocolates. Amen.
0: That's right. My box of chocolates, I want them all to be caramel with chocolate covering. All of them. Don't want any of those weird flavors or nuts, whatever, just, you <laughs> bet. That's right. Pastor said it. he doesn't want any nuts in his box. Amen. <laughs> I've had my share of nuts. Enough's enough. Amen. The tongue, first of all, is a major basis of the judgment of the believer. In verse 1, the apostle says, Brethren, be not many of you teachers, knowing that as such we will receive greater judgment." Uh, Jesus said in Matthew 12, we'll have a standing review or analysis of every idle word that we speak. But how many of you figured out by now that all of us have a responsibility to speak the truth in love? Yes. So all of us have to be diligent about the things that we actually say. Number two, the tongue under control leads to a life under control. If any man is never at fault in what he says, he is a what? Perfect man able to do what? Put his entire life or body under control. Um, we think that uh, it's somewhere outside of us to control what this body does, what this life does. But your life is following, your body's following your mouth. Yes, yes. And you'd be amazed what would happen if you'd start using that authority to tell your body what it's going to do and what it's not going to do. Amen. Talking to it. Versus just saying, "Well, this is the way it is. That's the way humans are. Everybody has the same kind of problems, same kinds of issues." No, this is about right living because you are engaged in right speaking. Say precision. precision. Go on uh, over to that scripture with me if you're in James three. I'm gonna read this uh, and then go back to these principles real quickly. Not many of you should become teachers, my fellow believers, because you know that we who teach will be judged more strictly. As a baby Christian, my sister was a couple of years older than the Lord than me, and she said, Now I'm gonna share some things with you, but I'm not teaching, I'm just sharing. She <laughs> said, because teachers will be judged more strictly, so I'm a sharer. I'm not sure that was accurate at the time. We all stumble in many ways. Anyone who is never at fault in what they say is perfect, able to keep their whole body in check. Interesting, I Perfect speech leads to a life that is in check. When we put bits into the mouths of horses to make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal. Or take ships as an example. Although they are so large and driven by strong winds, they're steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants to go. Likewise the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. Consider what a great force is set on fire by a small spark. The tongue also is a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole body, sets the whole course of one's life on fire, and is itself set on fire by hell. Now how many times have, have you and I done something, you know, made a decision, said something, something happens, we won't blame somebody else, but what does it say here? Our mouth set us on that course. All kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and sea creatures are being tamed and have been tamed by mankind, but no human being can tame the tongue. It's a restless evil, full of deadly poison. Say, when did that happen? It happened because of the fall. It used to be that their mouth was a source of life in the garden. Because of the fall, it became full of deadly poison. With the tongue we praise our Lord and Father, and with it we curse human beings who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth come praise And cursing, my brothers and sisters, this should not be. Shout that out. It should not be. be. Can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? My brothers and sisters, can a fig tree bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Neither can a salt spring produce fresh water. Well, read on with me here in this, uh, this list. The tongue is a major basis of the judgment of the believer. Number two, the tongue under the control leads to a life that is under control. Number three, the tongue is the primary factor in the direction of our lives, the bit and the ship. Here is something that just takes some revelation from the Spirit of God for you and for me. Um, Your life follows your confession. All I have to do to control the horse, no matter how powerful that horse is, is have the bit in the mouth, and I can begin to manipulate the direction of that horse's head and direction. Now, a a horse that is well trained is what they call well rain trained. All that horse has to do is just see the maneuvering of the reins, not even the push, the pressure on the bit, but just whatever that jockey would do. You know, race horses are this way. They know they're going to go this way based on what they are doing. Now, don't get me wrong. That jockey can certainly pull them wherever they want to go, but they don't have to because they've been rain trained. Look at somebody say rain trained. You and I ought to be Holy Ghost trained. A subtle nuance should cause us to what? Make a course correction in life and go the way He wants us to go. But uh, the other illustration He uses, He uses a, a little rudder on a big ship, can determine the direction of that entire vessel. And what is that rudder for your life? Your tongue. Your tongue sets your course in life. And rejection of that principle has allowed a lot of Christians to blame other people for what's going on or living less than what God has for them because they assume that somebody else was responsible for where I'm going. Your mouth sets your course. Most of us don't have a big ship like the Navy or the Coast Guard, but all of us do have, you know, a vehicle that we drive. So think of it this way. Your mouth is the steering wheel. If you leave here tonight and uh, you end up eating something that you would not normally want to eat, whose fault is that? Me. Who drove you there? Me. Now my car just went there. Yeah. I wanted to eat healthy, but I found myself at the McDonald's drive-thru with three Big Macs and two large fries. Amen. Praise the Lord. My car just drove me there. car didn't drive you there. Every time I'm in Gatlinburg, my car drives me to Krispy Kreme. I can't, It's just that, I, I want to cast the devil out of that car. It's just unbelievable. It just drives right up there. Yes, amen. It's like it's got a mind of its own. Uh, reasonable or just stupid? The car did not drive itself to Krispy Kreme. Somebody in the seat... Kelly, over here, I mean, yeah. (laughs) No, the driver is guiding wherever that vehicle is going. That's such a practical but helpful illustration. It tells us we just, you know, how many of you drove here tonight. You may have felt like the car just automatically came here because you're here all the time. But in reality, that's not what happened. You had to drive the car here. You put pressure on the steering mechanism. The question is, you know, what pressure in terms of the tongue? What what are we responding to in life? And this is where you have to be honest with yourself. Is it really the word or is it what you've always been taught? Is it the religion? You know, is it your frustration? Is it emotion that's actually causing the pressure on that tongue? Because whatever is controlling that pressure is going to determine where you go. And it's become almost a mission for me. The challenge, the emotion-ruled nature of most Christians. Can you hear how quiet it is in here? <laughs> I know what some of y'all are thinking. Move on. Just, just move on. You and I can speak words, and our life will follow. But those words have got to align with God's Word, on purpose, and left by yourself 99% of your time, your emotions are not going to line up with the Word of God. Amen. Amen. They're not designed to drive your car. They're not designed to steer or guide your vessel. But that's exactly what happens for an awful lot of Christians. They feel and so they wonder why they never get to the destination, the dream in their heart. They never get where they're supposed to go. Well, it's because you're going in circles, because you're being ruled by what you feel rather than what God said. Amen. Amen. I hear what God says. I believe what God says. And then I say what God says on purpose. Turn to somebody and tell them, your life, your life will go the direction, go the direction. Your, mouth indicates. your mouth indicates. Amen. If you don't like where you've been going, you can do something about it. Now, you can blame the government, blame religion, blame Tom, Dick, and Harry, and blame the deacon, blame the pastor, or you can take responsibility that after all these years, you're still talking like an unbeliever. Yep, there you go. Watch this. We have Christians that are born again, spirit filled, of fire for God, but they still feel like an unbeliever and they still talk like an unbeliever. If you want to get the results and the victory of the believer, the New Testament believer, you got to do something about that mouth. you got to have precision between what you've heard God say, what you believe, and what you say with your mouth. Praise God. The tongue is the primary factor in the direction of our lives. We go where our tongues dictate in life. Change your words, and you'll change your destiny. Amen. Look at somebody and tell them with all your heart, change your words, change words. and you'll change your destiny. No, no, no. Somebody else set my destiny with their words. Will you break the power of those words, command those words to fall to the ground and to die and to bear no fruit in your life? You take up your authority, delegated authority of God. Amen? You may feel like you're powerless with other people. Well, you're not powerless with your own life. Amen? Look, all Adam had to do was say to Eve, guess what? I'm not eating it. See ya. (laughs) I'll be here in the garden. No. Power of that tongue. Number four, the tongue has supernatural potential for destruction. We all know that. We don't need a sermon on that. Anybody here ever set a situation on fire with your mouth? Amen. How you know it's a lot easier to set something on fire than it is to put it out? Amen. Uh, when I was a kid, about four or five years old, we decided we saw this huge grass stack next to you know electrical transformer buildings little green things used to have and we thought it'd be kind of neat if we flick you know natchez and see if we can actually catch it on fire or not <laughs> and uh, guess what uh, we succeeded i mean you know underneath it was smoldering we didn't know it because you couldn't see it but not long after that made a bonfire and this crazy kid that I was hanging out with I actually thought he was going to put this out with a spray paint can. Oh. Amen? Uh, <laughs> I mean, that's, that's five years old and stupid. That's, that's how you don't live long in the earth. But you know that kid trying to, trying to put that out with a spray can? It's a lot like Christians today. Gonna to have to have the right tools, amen, used appropriately, amen. Uh, y'all think, boy, that's a crazy story, Pastor. You've done just as dumb oh, things yeah. in your life. And as a matter of fact, let's just pass the microphone tonight. Let's find out a little bit about, about you. I mean, I know. <laughs> yes, amen. Raise your hand if you've ever started a fire with your mouth. And so what did you do? You thought more words would help. <laughs> Did it help? Not until you change the words to line up with what God says. The tongue cannot be tamed through natural means. No man can tame the tongue. We're talking about natural man. But there are spiritual weapons available for you and for me to tame that tongue. Next, the tongue can curse or bless, but it cannot do both at the same time. Peter teaches us that we're called to what? We're literally called to bless. There's a calling on your life, and it's to bless people, not curse them. But how many have known Christians who did a good job with their mouth cursing people, putting them down, talking ugly about them, running them in the ground, and gossiping about them as if somehow their life was a paragon of perfection? Uh, How many admit that you're not perfect? So why don't we just skip all the judgment and putting down and cursing. Let's just bless people.
1: Amen.
0: And, and take the call seriously to bless. There is no call to curse. Be careful when you run around Christians and they're cursing this and they're cursing that. And I curse you and I curse this. You're called to what? Bless. Bless. Say, I, I am called to, to Bless. bless. Empower people to prosper, to succeed, to bear much fruit, to excel, to increase, to go to the highest level. That's what you and I are called to do. The tongue can refresh or can poison, bear one fruit or another, but it cannot do both. I cannot refresh and poison, and I cannot bear two different kinds of fruit. I'm never going to find lemons on an orange tree. Amen? And I'm never going to find the ability to be both a salt water amen spring and a fresh water spring. You're going to have to make up your mind that you're going to be that tongue that blesses and refreshes. Come on, say it with me. I refresh, I refresh. and I bless. And I refresh. Now we formed a habit of cursing and a habit of you know poisoning and a habit of putting down and a habit of evil speech. That just means that we can recreate a good habit in our lives. Amen. To bless. That's the nature of the tongue. Amen. Mm-hmm. Number two, realize the impact and power of your words. To hear, believe, say, and do. The tongue has the power of life and death. Mark 11, 22, 23, and 24 tells us that the, the, the tongue has mountain-moving power. Yes. Believe in your heart and what? And say with your mouth. The Scripture indicates... Three more times speaking than it does in actual believing in this scripture. Telling you that the nature of the tongue is very, very important in what you say. So you can say to that mountain, be what? Be removed. Be removed. And what would happen? It will release. Well, um, I don't think he's he's speaking here in parables. I don't think he's he's telling a, a, a long tale. I think he's serious about this. Yes. Amen. When he cursed that fig tree. They came back and they saw it, dried it from the roots. That was the basis of this teaching. They're marveling over a little tree. He's telling them, you know what? You can move mountains with your faith, but not without faith-filled words. The tongue has mountain-moving power (laughs) resident in it. Poke somebody and tell them, your tongue has mountain-moving power in it. Number three, police your mouth for unscriptural and ungodly words. Psalm one forty one three. set a guard over my mouth, O Lord, keep watch over the door of my lips. You and I have a habit of feeling and speaking. We need to jerk the slack out of our confessing and start speaking and saying what God says. Notice I said police your mouth for unscriptural and ungodly talk. I did not say police everybody else's mouth for ungodly and unscriptural talk. Whenever you teach this, you have people running around with a little spiritual badge and a whistle. <laughs> uh, little flags so they can throw, you know, flag on the play. Uh, you didn't say this. You didn't do that right. Listen, it's hard enough for us just to focus on our own words. without us running around blowing the whistle on other people. Amen. Amen. Can I have a better amen than that? Amen. Um, and I have a better amen than that. Amen. Look amen. at somebody and say, I am not your policeman. I am not, not your, your policeman. policeman. It's your job to police your own mouth. Writing <laughs> everybody up. <laughs> Tickets. I love the story that, uh, that uh, Jesse Duplantis tells. He was riding with uh, Dennis Burke and, and Kenneth and a few others on a long distance uh, motorcycle ride. and <laughs> Every time... Uh, you know, they were done for the day. they put these covers over the bikes. And every time, Jesse would put the cover without getting his luggage and getting his stuff out, without getting his helmet out. And so he'd put this thing over there and then tie it down. And then he would get frustrated. And he would say, I do that every time. And Brother Copeland looked at him and said, you know what, you can have what you say.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> and... and and Jesse looked at him, and everybody else was standing around. You know what, what's he going to say? Jesse says, "This positive confession stuff is causing me. He's going to kill me. Something like that." <laughs> 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 and y'all just cracked up. Didisburg just fell to the ground, just laughing at him. Uh, it's 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 funny, and yet at the same time, mm-hmm. yeah. the power of what the life and death in the is in the tongue. Say it with my tongue.
1: My, my tongue. tongue.
0: The saying is, is so incredibly important and it's, it's the easiest thing to go. I don't care how many years you've been in this, it's, it seems like the first thing to go in your life of faith. Reverting back to saying things like you used to do when you were a carnal Christian. Number four, immerse yourself in the word. Why? Because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. One translation puts it this way, for the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. Proverbs 7 1, my son, keep my words and store up my commands within you. Shout it out. The mouth speaks speaks. what the heart is full of. of. Whatever you've been putting in, guess what? It's going to come. You may want to have a a mouth that is blessing and encouraging and scriptural, but if you've been feasting on everything but the Word of God, that's what's going to come out. And, And who did the feasting? Who did the storing? Well, where did that come from? It came from whatever you put in there. Look at somebody and tell them if you put it in there, it in there. it's gonna come out. Sooner or later. This number five? Yes. Find the place where it's written about your situation. So you'll know what to say. In Luke 4:17, Jesus found the place where it was written in the scroll of Isaiah, and he began to preach and teach from that scripture. In Matthew chapter 4, the devil came to tempt him, and what did he do? He did the same principle, pulled out the Word of God and shot those things like bullets at the enemy. What you need to be doing is find whatever it is you're believing God for and that you want to confess consistent with the Word of God. You're hearing from God, you're believing, and now you're saying, load your gun up with those scriptures that talk about that situation and keep that gun firing. Your mouth is that weapon. Keep shooting in the direction of that situation. You say, when can I stop? You can, you can stop when that enemy falls. Amen. And you see the manifestation. Amen. You ever see an old movie where the person shot like 50 times and they're still coming at you? <laughs> I mean, and they lop off one arm and he's still coming at you with the other arm. Amen. You come in half and he's still crawling at you. I mean, you just keep shooting at that thing with the Word of God. And say it with me. The Word are the rounds. My mouth... Is the weapon whose job is it to pull the trigger? It does you no good to have the rounds, it does you no good to have the weapon if you're not going to pull the trigger. Amen. This guy came up to my sister in a parking lot. I think she was in a parking lot of a home, you know, Depot or Lowe's, and she was either coming or going. And she noticed uh, this guy coming from a truck, you know, about 100 yards away. And um, she doesn't carry a Smith & Wesson, but she does carry a Glock. <laughs> and just pulled out of her purse so she's got it sitting right here by the window and when the guy came up to the window she just knew this guy was, was up to no good and she just went like that and huddled up like that and he just kind of spun around like that <laughs> and walked away that's what you need to do with the enemy you say what would, what, what would Tammy have done oh she'd have pulled that trigger there's no question about it amen we know Charlie would have pulled that trigger Amen? In this case, if you're going to see the enemy defeated, whatever is working against you, you're going to have to find the place where it's written, load that weapon, and fire, and keep firing. You say, well, that's just like religion and legalism. No, it's the principle of the Word of God to find the place where it's written and follow the example of your Lord. Jesus didn't come at the enemy with anything less than the pure Word of God. Amen? Amen? He didn't say, leave me alone, I'm tired of this. I want to go home, enough is enough. He he loaded that gun and shot the Word of God back at him. And that's how you have victory in your life. Now I ask you tonight, what is your gun loaded with right now? Amen? You got a little religion bullet, legalism bullet, got a little self-pity bullet in there got a little bullet in there for your experiences that don't line up with the Word of God, some emotion in there, and you're shooting that stuff, it's not going to work. Amen. Only the Word is going to work in your situation. Say it with me. Find the place, Find the place where it is written. It is written. Load, the gun. Load the gun. Shoot the gun. Shoot the gun. Shoot the gun. Shoot the gun. Uh, shoot the gun. I don't like guns. This is Kentucky, my brothers and my sisters.
1: <laughs>
0: Sorry. next declare the word repeatedly and it will we believe and therefore we what we speak speak. Um, once you get uh, some direction from the spirit of God scriptures to load your weapon don't stop firing don't stop saying what God said Uh, well, I've been doing it for several months now. I keep it up. I've been saying it for several years now. Keep it up. Don't tire it out. Uh, people have been saying Jesus is coming soon for how many years now? Long time. But how you want to keep it up? Amen. Keep on saying what? He's coming. He's coming. Even so, what? Come, come Lord Jesus. Jesus. The Spirit of the Bride say what? Come. They say come and they keep on saying it. Well, he's not here. Whether you have the manifestation right now, that does not dictate what comes out of your mouth.
1: That's
0: right. sure. Say it with me. Even so, Even so. Come, come Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus. Uh, people have been saying that for a long time. Mm-hmm. And they should. It keeps the expectation up. That's right. It causes them to live a pure life in a dirty world. Right. Stay focused on the things of God and have an eternal perspective. Say it with me. Declare, Declare the, word the Word repeatedly, repeatedly and, it will. and it will. Let me just re- repeat these for you. Understand the nature of the tongue. According to James 3, the bottom line is it is the director of your life. Realize the impact and power of your words. Police your own mouth for unscriptural and godly words. Immerse yourself in the Word because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Find the place where it is written about your situation. Load your gun and fire it. Declare the word of God repeatedly and at will. We believe and therefore speak. And by doing so, you'll develop the habit of right speaking. And then finally tonight, release your supernatural weapon. Your tongues. Your ability to pray in the Holy Ghost. Everybody say, thank God. For the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost. Uh, this, this should come to in, in, in terms of some level of revelation. But there are times when when you're not cutting it in your native tongue.
1: That's
0: it. You're not keeping your mouth on the Word of God. It's so important you understand. Write these three things down. Here's what tongues will do for you in terms of the, the pathway and the the concept of cultivating precision in the words that you speak. Number one, tongues will call supernatural subjugation of the tongue. When you're speaking in tongues, there will be no unbelief, doubt, or fear released. None. Um, not even a smidgen. There is no such thing as tongues of fear, doubt, and unbelief. Ever. So what happens is you 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 shut off this other communication on purpose. You're praying in the Spirit of God. Amen. You're subjugating that mouth. You're using a supernatural tool to tame what is untamable in the natural. Yes. Yes. That's why these things are so important. And it's why the devil attacks and opposes the yeah. teachings of the Latin, you know, the present-day ministry of the Spirit of God and his gifts. And prayer language, heavenly language, and tongues because he understands the power of it, yes. and the religious mind does not. Yep. All they understand is, I don't want to be labeled. I don't want to be with them. I don't want to be lopped with them. Let me tell you something you want this in the last days. Yes. Yes. Amen. I don't care what your experiences or your background didn't make a difference. I've laid hands on Catholics, Lutherans, Baptists, you know, Methodists, Presbyterians, the brethren, you name it. I've seen them all filled, baptized in the Holy Ghost and receiving tongues as initial physical evidence of that experience. And he doesn't care what your background is. Right. All he cares is that you're born again. Amen. But I'm telling you, the warfare against this particular belief and practice is intense because there is a devil and he knows how powerful it is. That's right. And he'll do everything he can to shut you down. And even if you've received it, make you feel apathetic and indifferent to these things. When you ought to be in these last days, be praying in the Holy Ghost more than you have ever prayed in the Holy Ghost in your entire life. These are dark times, evil times, wicked times. You don't need fear, doubt, and unbelief coming out of your mouth right. when you're trying to believe God for something. Right. And so, uh, no, we don't need duct tape. We have the Holy Ghost. Amen. That's right. Amen. You might be tempted to go down a, a pathetic course. Of saying things that are not lined up with the Word of God, just shut up and pray in the Holy Ghost. Amen. And you would have subjected that tongue back over yes. to the things of God. Number two, supernatural stimulation of your faith. There's a, there's a concept here, a coupling between faith coming by hearing and hearing by the Word of God and Jude 20, beloved, to build yourselves up in your most. most holy faith, praying in the Spirit. Not only do you subjugate that mouth, you stimulate faith when you pray in the Holy Ghost. Amen. In other words, you're going to be ready to act on your faith and respond in faith and respond in courage the more you pray in the Holy Ghost. Um, it's a wonderful thing to be born again in Spirit-filled. Amen. It's a wonderful thing to have a prayer language. Amen. It's a wonderful thing and it's nothing you should be ashamed of. God help you if you're ashamed of the gift of God. Because it provides you a way of actually stimulating faith. And watch this: it's not just oh, "I'm a person of faith." I'm a person of faith. I pray in the Holy Ghost. I'm talking about stimulating your faith for the execution of what faith will do. Amen. Amen. When I'm when I pray in the Holy Ghost, I'm far more likely to pick up on an unction of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Pray for this person, call this person, write this person, reach out to this person, lay hands on this person, give this word when you've been using the prayer language. You're more likely when the Holy Ghost comes on you at Kroger and everybody else is just minding their own business. He begins to deal with you about going down a certain aisle and there'll be a lady or a gentleman there and God wants you to lay hands on them right in the middle of the store, right in the middle of the store. And if you've been praying in the Holy Ghost, watch this. You'll have the unction, but you'll also have the courage that you would not have had you not been praying in the Holy Ghost. And not only will you have the courage, you'll have the follow through and you'll get to see, you know, amazing things happen. Some of you are like, God, I I hear these stories about the men and women of God and what you're doing and all the amazing things. I'd like to have some of them stories. Raise your hand if you'd like to see God use you like that more and more. Here's the key. You subject your mouth with tongues, which also stimulates your faith when you pray in the Holy Ghost. Glory to God. Third and finally tonight, you have a supernatural standing ability on the Word of God. How many of you are thankful that we can put the Word of God in our mouth and speak it? It will. But sometimes it, you may not actually have that all together. But watch this according to Romans chapter 8, 20, verse 26. Everything you say in tongues lines up with the word of God.
1: Yes,
0: it does. Amen. So every round you fire in tongues is the word of God. Every round you fire in tongues, watch this, comes to pass. And I am wanting to use my, my mouth as as a weapon and maybe I don't have all the knowledge I need to keep repeating and confessing and praying the scriptures but I can pray in the Holy Ghost. And watch yeah. this. When you pray in the Holy Ghost, you throw the sum of the Word of God at that situation.
1: Amen. That's
0: right. And here's the little religious devil telling people, well it doesn't take all that and that's passed away and Don't get fanatical and don't be one of them. You'll be labeled. Let me tell you something. People are afraid of someone else running their lives except for God. They're afraid of the things of God. It's what we call a pneumophobia afraid of the things of the Spirit. You and I can't afford to be. No. Amen. Mm -hmm. Everybody say, thank God for the Holy Ghost. Ghost. Say it, thank God. God. Say it again. Say, "Thank thank God for the Holy Ghost. When I pray in the Spirit, I'm subjecting my tongue. I'm subjugating to the, to the things of the Spirit. When I pray in the Holy Ghost, I'm stimulating my faith. And when I pray in the Holy Ghost, I am praying in a way that always agrees with the Word of God. Amen. That's why when you're in a faith battle, what you want to do is, is, is pray in the Holy Ghost. It'll bypass your mind. Yes. Watch this. It'll bypass your emotions. The yep. Spirit of God is not going to ask permission from your body. Can I pray? Can I pray in faith? The Word of God, body. Can I pray in faith? Emotions. Can I pray in faith? You know, mind. No, He's not going to ask permission. The Spirit of God pray in you and through you. It is always going to be consistent with the Word of God, and it's always going to be something that comes to pass every single time. Hallelujah. Amen. Uh, in other words, when you think about confession, just don't limit your confession to English. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. That's good.
0: Mm-hmm. Watch this. Okay. Um, how many of you believe that by his stripes you're healed? Yes. How many you believe he sent forth his word and healed you? Yes. How many you believe they shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover? Amen. How many you believe these signs shall follow them that believe? Amen. You believe that? So you've got all your heathen scriptures out there. And so you're, you're praying and you're shooting your gun off, right? You're doing this and all things. You know. And now I'm going to pray, I'm going to confess in the Holy Ghost over this okay. issue and so-and-so has this going on in their body, I am now going to confess in the Spirit for the next half hour over this situation. You know what's yes. going to happen? Yes. Everything out of your mouth is going to line up with the Word of God. Yes, it does. That's the best thing you're going to do for that person. Amen. Amen. Mm-hmm. So hit them with confessing in English. Confess means to make sure that you agree with the Word of God, and everything you say in tongues does agree Amen. with the Word Hallelujah. of God. Can you grab a hold of this? Amen. I want you to believe the things of God. I want you to believe the word of God. There are people out there believing crazy things. Uh, I'm going to shut down with this, but I was just reading this and I got so tickled at it. I thought I'd share it with you. This man named Jeff Waters uh, bought a blank check from the 1990s in 2015 from a homeless man named Tito. He bought the check for $100. And Tito said, you can take this check and fill it out for any amount you want to. And then they'll give you that money. It'll make you rich. Can you believe somebody would believe that? Not only did he believe it, everybody said he believed it, he filled the check out. Signed it with his name, and it was made out for $368 billion. The zeros had to run down the side of the check because there's no room for all the zeros. And he took this to a bank in Idaho and tried to cash it. And they said uh, the police, when they arrested him for fraud... <laughs> So what were you going to do? He said, well, he says, I've always dreamed of opening up the biggest Italian restaurant in the world. <laughs> and, and people call us dreamers. He said, I'm 10% Italian. Reminds me of that gal that ran for, for president. She said she was an Indian. <laughs> What's her name? Warren? Yeah, she is one, one, 278th Indian. It's 10% Italian. Uh, He was going to build a restaurant that was going to feed 30 million people at one time. Underwater so they could watch the sharks while they dine. People will believe stuff like that. Uh, Give you an idea, 368 billion sounds like a lot. But uh, one hotel in Vegas, like the MGM, that can hold five, 6,000 people, you're talking about five, six, seven billion dollars per building. Yeah. And you do the math, you find out that that's not nearly enough. You should have written out for maybe a trillion or something like that. But People will believe these extreme things, but they won't pick up at the word of God and believe what God said. Yeah. Yeah. He'll never let you down, no, He'll never lie to you. No. Amen. And I'm just encouraging you to to hear by revelation what God says about a matter and then believe what God says about a matter and make sure you say what God says about that matter. Amen? Amen. And you're well on your way to seeing manifestation and victories in that area. Amen? Give the Lord a hand clap and thank Him for it today.